Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to is explicit. We are here to talk about our lives, the great times, the messy times, but let's be honest, we learn from those messy times. Content may be triggering as we explore together our lives, spirituality, trauma, recovery, and growth. Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I'm Edward. Every day we are working through our shit, and today we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Let me give you a quick rundown on what we're going to do in today's episode. The first part of the episode is where Ed and I talk about what's going on in our day-to-day lives and where you'll be able to hear how we support each other's growth. During the second portion, Ed and I will have a deep dive discussion topic ranging from self-awareness, metaphysics, mental health, personal discovery, and much more. How was your week? <laughs> Sorry, I tried that. That did not go yeah, over well at all. That was that was, that was horrible. Was like a deadpan. Yeah, man. that was yeah. bad. Uh, <laughs> In avoidance of laughing. Yeah, right. So, Jason, how are things going? <laughs> They're going all right. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> so, I've been preparing to go on this vacation, and mm-hmm. uh, as vacations go for me, I get more and more and more anxious. I was just going to say, we, we need know. to clarify that by preparing, yeah. you're not just talking like physically. You're also yeah, talking like mentally, no, emotionally. I'm mostly mentally and emotionally. Yeah. Vacations are very triggering for me. Um, I've just, I've lost a lot of uh, jobs on the way back <laughs> right. from them or that kind of a thing for various reasons, but... So I get really anxious around my vacation, and I don't like to take a lot of vacation for that. Yeah. Or when I take vacation, I take work with me on vacation, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like, I take my phone, and I don't turn it off. And Yeah. You know, there'll be a, a check-in at one point about my struggle with that throughout the thumb. Right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, as the week went by preparing for this yeah amount of time off i'm kind of getting more and more anxious as the week goes by yeah and i had this uh i had this experience with a client that kind of it, it threw me in a way but at the same time i feel like Maybe the anxiety gave me the emotional oomph to be able to do what I did. Okay. Um, but for the first time in a really long time, I left a client in the community. The day before I left, I had made it very clear that I had a very, you know, concrete amount of time yeah. to this person. Um when I arrived at their home, you know, it was, can you do three other things on top of this type of a thing? Right. And the answer was no, you know, and this guy typically jokes with me, you know, he's, he's a, he's typically a fun guy to be around, yeah. you know, and he's a, but he's kind of like a, a harsh joker. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's yeah. one of the kinds of people that insults are his jokes kind of a thing. Gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, so I also, you know, I said to him, I was like, you know, I apologize. I don't have time to do anything else. 
Um, he got into like the little nastier side of the joking stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you know, I'm not in a place to to do this with you today. So I really need to set the boundary that today we're doing your appointment and I'm not going to be participating in the, you know, the normal haggle, haggle back and forth right. or whatever. <clears throat> and uh, he had a really hard time with that. Yeah. And I get that. I mean, I said no. I don't typically say no because I don't have to. Right. You know, it's not something that... It's something that I try to avoid yeah. in my work with people because there are very few reasons why I should say no. Right, exactly. And I'm aware of that. So, But this was a legitimate reason. Um, you know, I had a finite amount of time to complete what I needed to do so that I could then complete the, the paperwork associated with that before mm-hmm. leaving. Yeah. Because I wanted to leave my computer at the office right and not take your job with with you yeah exactly yeah um so you know things escalated a little bit and then i got like the pissy silent treatment (laughs) which i was like really on board with i was gonna say that i was like (laughs) you know please just be angry at me quietly throughout this whole time and that'll that'll work i don't it's okay that you're angry at me. Makes sense. I said no. Yeah. People don't like no. Right. And then on top of that, I said I wasn't going to play today. You know, and that's not okay either. Because yeah. it's not. It feels like abandonment. I've been there. Yeah. Um. So, you know, those boundaries were set. They hurt. Uh, and I acknowledge that. And, you know, I I tried to support him. And then it got to this point where... The silent treatment ended, and he started to threaten me. Oh. You know, he's like, if you don't come back in a better mood from your vacation, I'm going to kick your fucking ass, and like that kind of thing. And I was like, you know what? We're not doing this today. And I left. (laughs) I wasn't doing it today. Wow. Called my supervisor. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Good." I would have done the same thing. Yeah. I mean, we're not there for being a punching bag. Conditional reasons. Exactly. You know what I mean? We're there for a purpose. Yep. And you know, it's not. I'm never expected to accept that type of behavior. Yeah. Which is very important to me because I'm never willing to accept that right. type of behavior. Right. You know, but. I, I've questioned kind of this whole vacation that I've gone through is like, did I do that because I was standing up for myself? Did I stand up for myself because I had the pressure of the vacation? Or did I do it because if none of that vacation stuff was happening, would it still have happened? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Did I cause the situation? Right. Which is something that in our line of work, we always have to look at any behavior like that. Did, yeah, absolutely. Did, what was our part in it? I think, though, that, I mean, you, you bring up an incredible point. Because I, I have worked for several different companies. And, and we know that I was a chef for a long time. So that didn't really count. But, um, <laughs> you know, that, that although I'll tell you, working with children and working with bosses, eh, it's about the same. Um, but... There are a lot of companies that expect you to be there unconditionally. 
Yeah. You know, to be their punching Especially bag. Especially with children. Yeah. Well, and, and, and children, I'm, I'm taking that one out of the equation. I just happened to mention it because, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, you know, um, I, like I work in the residential facility and, you know, residential uh, care. And the company that I'm there with is very much feels like we are have to be there unconditionally, you know. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter if they're being our punching bag. If we're being their punching bag, we just have to let that happen. And I was I was going to sit there and say, well, you know, whether it's because you were on vacation and you're the pressure of the vacation, that's still for you. Yeah. Up until the point where you said, if. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't for the vacation. But even then, you're burnt out. You know, you're you're. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's still for you. You know, being able to stand up for yourself in that moment and and saying, I'm not going to take anymore. I right. can't take this right now. We are human. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean I that's what I'm I'm on that fence of did I was I able to do that? Yeah. Because of the stress that I was under from the vacation. Yeah. Or was I able to do that because if I had walked in there perfectly clear and he had said that, I would have chosen to protect myself over continuing to support him. Right. And I would like to think that it was the latter, mm-hmm. but I think it was the, I think it was the vacation yeah. that allowed me to just say fuck it, yeah, where I'm not doing it today. Yeah. Well, and again, you know, we're human. I have a an uh, an individual who I work with that. Uh, Similar, but not the same, you know. Yeah. Um, we have a banter that happens constantly, you yeah. know. And when I get there in the morning specifically, um, and even while I'm doing medications and stuff like that, he'll we'll banter back and forth a little bit, you know, and that's fine. And it just happened where he was very intense. And this is a rough month for him. You know, there's some yeah. stuff that has happened in his history that this is this is really a rough thing. But he was very intense and I'm like, okay, I just made a mistake. Now, I didn't make a mistake in medication. I made a mistake counting because we inventory all of our medications in the morning. Yeah. Every single one of them. Uh, and I made a mistake counting and I was like, hey, listen, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. And I do this every once in a while where I'm like, I'm sorry, I, I need to concentrate and I'm having a hard time concentrating. I'll talk to you as soon as I'm done with the medications. And I said that. I was like, I can't, I can't talk to you right now, you know. Yeah. And uh, he's like, well, maybe you shouldn't be listening to me. And I'm like, well, if you're talking to me. Maybe I, you shouldn't be listening. Yeah, maybe you should not be listening to me then. And I was like, okay, well, that that's uncharacteristic. And I'm like, well, if you're talking to me, I want to give you this, the respect, you know. And then he kind of got a little angry. And he's like, well, if you were really serious, you'd shut the door. And so I shut the door. I like, and you can't slam these doors because you they're they're too lightweight. So yeah, they, they, they yeah. go whoosh, and then they start. So like I mean, I shut the door, and all of a sudden I hear, oh well, that's how it's gonna be. And then he like stormed off to his room, and I'm like, well, I don't need to take this. But then when I came out, then he was like apologetic. He's like, I'm yeah. sorry, I, I realized that you were serious when you shut the door. He's like, I thought we were just playing. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But he can be very belligerent yeah. upon occasion. And I don't have a problem taking it. But the one of the gentlemen that I work with, one of my coworkers, really has a hard time with it when, with him specifically, when, when he gets belligerent like that. And he's very much like you. I don't have to take this. 
And I'm like, yeah, you know, sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. And there are sometimes I don't take it either, you know, but you have to stand up for yourself. You have to definitely give yourself yeah. that space. Yeah. And yeah. you're going on vacation. I know, right? Right. I know. So, what a way to, to end the week. <laughs> but I also think that, like I said, I mean, you're, you're burnt out. And what a way yeah. to show yourself that you definitely needed that needed vacation. vacation. Yeah. yeah. It's a great perspective. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to strap in for this week's deep dive. A few weeks ago, my therapist uh, and I were talking about um, relationships and, you know, in general and and specifically close personal relationships. Yeah. And he gave me homework uh, on defense mechanisms. So, yeah, just to, you know, come up with them, look at them, see them. And it, for the most part, the the homework was really just to be aware so that we could start to do the work on it. Are there specific ones that he wanted you to look for or just whatever you... Just in general. Yeah. So I thought it would be a really good, uh, I thought it'd be a really good topic for a deep dive because, you know, a lot of these things I hadn't really thought about. Yeah, absolutely. So um, just to give a little reference, uh, defense mechanisms were were really put forth into the psychology world by uh, Sigmund Freud and later developed by his daughter, Anna. Um, yeah. as part of that whole piece. And there were originally like, I don't know, 10 or 11 of them. And they have been expanded. Um, but uh, they are, in in his model, you have the id, which is basically the unconscious self, the subconscious right. unconscious self. Um, and then you have the superego, which is a partially conscious um entity part of yourself so your id is responsible for the primitive brain it is the one that you know needs uh, mavlov's uh mavlo maslow's i always call him maslov it's pavlov's dog and maslow you know (laughs) so maslow's hierarchy of need you know uh before self-actualization you need comfort you need food you, you know sex and 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 religion and so on and so forth um and then uh the super ego is the one that craves the 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 social norms the social acceptability the social pieces how you connect outside yeah and then you have the ego which tries to mitigate the discomfort and the um the clash between the two so when you have a personal need that does not match what is possibly for an outside need you know uh, and how you do that and that's cognitive dissonance i was just saying causes (laughs) cognitive dissonance and that cognitive distance cognitive dissonance is where all of these coping mechanisms come from yeah. to, to help ease that anxiety and heat ease that trauma Absolutely. as we are trying to regulate so um i i took a bunch of notes and then i found this morning uh on my computer i found uh, a much better explanation and with a few extras that i really liked okay. so um i'm going to use these um because they they break them up into groups yeah um, they break the they, defense mechanisms. The defense mechanisms up into the group. So cool. some of these are the original ones that that Sigmund Freud was uh, was talking about, and some of them are, are newer ones that they've they've come up with. Okay. So the first group is um, pathological defense mechanisms. So these are the defense mechanisms that distort the experience um, to eliminate the need to cope. You know, so that we can just. That's like the 
not it. Yeah, exactly. So, like, right. the first one on that one is... Who did, did this? I didn't. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Or... Like before you even have the process of thought. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the, the... I do that with my wife all the time. Oh, do you really? It's hard with ADHD. Mm-hmm. For her. I mean, this is one of her things with ADHD. Like, she will... The second you say anything, she just says, no. And right. Then, you know, I mean, not no, but like, you know, did you do this? No. Where is this? I don't know. You know, like right. whatever it is, that's it's there. And then we've gotten to this point because it used to really piss me off. <laughs> right? But we've gotten to this point now where I realize what's happening and I'm like, okay, I understand you said no, but I remember this. And then I kind of get her into that looking yeah. back. And sometimes it'll be like, you know, oh, yeah, that's where it is. Yeah, like that right. That kind of a thing. You yeah, know what absolutely. I mean? But it's that, that initial wall for her because of her family and the way she grew up. Yeah. It's, you know, not it. That's what I call it. Not right. It. Most of them develop during childhood when we are incapable of wading through navigating, you know, yeah. these large emotional issues or these social issues. So people with trauma are so integrated within ourselves that they're instantaneous. Right. Where a, so it's instinct. It is. And whereas like a neurotypical brain might have some of these things, um, these habits but they're a, a lot easier to get through you yep. know and to change um so the first one is not a river in egypt which would be denial i just you know it i had to go there um, oh my god i know i, I need to edit that out <laughs> Um, and, you know, denial is one that a lot of people know that one's, you know, yeah. oh, well, they're in denial, you know, and that's really just completely and utterly going, oh, this didn't happen. Yeah. You know, I am not sick. I am. Um, I have an example. I watched. I've been a little obsessed with Dr. Pimple Popper lately. Oh, God. Well, no, I mean, it, you know, it ends up being like a way different show than you would expect. Okay. I mean, things get popped for sure. But, it, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a very uplifting show in a lot of ways. And oh, I good. didn't expect that. You know what I mean? Right. These yeah. people come in with these conditions that have like really made their lives impossible or hard to experience. And she fixes them. Oh, cool. Okay. And, you know, they leave with like being able to look at themselves and or you know have some self-value or i mean it, it's there's a lot of like heartwarming to it okay but there's also pimple popping you know yeah, yeah, yeah. there's also the popping anyway um i was really impressed that they showed this on on the show but they showed uh somebody that was in denial about their um obsessive behavior so this woman came in and she was complaining of lesions all mm -hmm. over her body. Um, when people practice skin picking, it's called dermatillomania yep. if it is intense. Okay. Um, so this woman had a symptom of OCD, which is dermatillomania. And you can typically tell... Um, for her as a dermatologist, I guess they get trained this as well. But as a mental health provider, um, I've gone through trainings where they explain to you, like, if somebody has that dermatillomania, what happens is they have these rashes or lesions and stuff that they've created through consistent irritation of the skin. Yep. 
but they'll only have them in specific areas. Oh. And they're the easy to reach areas. Yep. So like middle of the back will have it, but the top middle won't. Yep. You know, or it'll be on the back of the neck or around the neck or a lot of times from the knees down. Yeah. You know, um, and sometimes on arms. So in the episode, they showed this. And the woman, you know, had talked prior about how, you know, she'd been to other doctors and they told her it was all in her head. Da, 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 da. So she tried to really work with this woman around, you know, it, it's, it is something that's psychological. Yeah. It's not something that's happening. There's nothing on her skin that even indicates it's natural. Everything is abnormally shaped, jagged edges, which represents that scratching. Yeah. Um, and she was trying really, really good with the woman about it. But she had come up with a treatment. And even with that treatment, so the woman was getting a treatment. And yeah. it, that treatment was also preventing her from scratching. Mm-hmm. Because it was um, an infused Band-Aid. Sort of. Okay. It was infused tape um, with some sort of anti-inflammatory or something, prednisone or who who knows. You know what I mean? Something yep. like that. Um, that she would have to put over the scar. So she wouldn't be able to scratch it because the tape was there. Um, and it, you know, it did the three months later kind of a thing and the woman was right back to where she was. Uh, you know, it was that denial that was, you yep. know, I'm going to keep looking, you know, the doctor, I don't believe her, you know, I don't pick. And, you know, it, it shows that picking is what a lot of people call it. Yep. Um, it, it shows the the woman's daughter who's right there next to her. And she's like, yeah, you do all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so but like, she just completely no denial over what it. what this woman did, she could not accept the fact that it was her creating these lesions. Right um distortion um and that's the reshaping of reality I, I don't do so much of the denial i mean i do i have i mean we all do some of these anyway but like that's not a, a main one for me as far as i can tell but the distortion definitely distortion so distortion is changing the the reality of the situation in our heads to more match our narrative or okay. like delusional pieces and whatnot okay. Yeah. Okay, so separation from reality. Type. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So all okay. of these pathological pieces are that. Um, delusional projection is just what it sounds like. You know, it's 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 projection and it's a, it's an offshoot of the distortion. Yeah. You know, um, feelings, impulses onto another person, but that does not have those. So it's not just projection, which we'll get to later on, but yeah. delusional projection, um, okay. like oh they're from the CIA and they're they're following me type type thing. You know? Okay. Um, all right. Conversion, and um, this one is also called hysteria. Yeah. Um, in conversion, conflict within the personality is subconsciously converted into like a physical sense. So, like it, it, hives, hives are a big one for a lot of people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Psoriasis. Uh, psoriasis is another hives. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, splitting, and this is one that I had not known about, but splitting is the defense mechanism in which the subject focuses solely on a the positive or 
negative qualities of a person or a subject um, failing to be able to integrate both of them you know so yeah. there's there's no balance and splitting is something that I absolutely do is that black and white thinking a lot of the times you know things are either good you throw yeah. the baby out with a bath or, or bad you throw the baby yeah. out with a bath water yeah um, and uh, the, very rarely is there a hypothetical you know that gray area there yeah so yeah um, that makes sense yeah um, and then there are the so then there are the immature defense mechanisms and these um so is this a different category this is a different category okay so we're out of the delusional yeah stuff. Okay. yeah um the the only one that that was really in uh freud's original one from the pathological was the denial okay that was part of the original set um and then the immature ones are ones that don't necessarily move your reality, but they impair emotional awareness. Yeah. So these are the ones that a lot of us get, you know, and especially like that emotionally, when we say that you're emotionally stunted. Yeah. This is where that comes from. Absolutely. So yeah. a lot of these um, definitely are learned as child children. Um, for those of us with trauma backgrounds, especially emotional trauma backgrounds, a lot of these are very prevalent. Yeah. And, uh, and if you're stuck in an age group, that's, that's where we are, you know? So like the first one is acting out. Well, you know, most of people who see children will say, oh, they're just acting out. You know, they're, they're angry, they're crying. Right, they're fit. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. That actually is almost like an eruption. Yeah. It's an eruption to, of, of all of the inner emotions that we just don't know how to handle. I can look at myself and go, yeah, absolutely. I, fairly recently, within the last, you know, 10 years, I would yeah. still have those issues. Projection. And that's where they say, if you have an issue with somebody else, it's actually your stuff. Yep. Um, and that's where that comes in. So most people project. What is it? There's four fingers or there's yeah. three fingers. Every time you point at, at somebody, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. there's three fingers pointing back at you. When I first heard that as a kid, I, I would literally just start pointing with my whole hand. I would like gesture with my whole hand. I'm like, there you go. <laughs> and you know, and I like awesome. ex extend my hand and like right exactly jazz yeah. hands. Um, so that's how I circumvented that one. Because um, <laughs> I'm a very literal thinker as a child. Um, but no projection can be. Well, yeah. I don't like about that about them. You know, they're they're seedy or whatever. And you're like, what you're identifying is the parts of you right. that also do this. Right. But right. usually, I I see this. Honestly, the first place that I go to with this is the person that says, everybody's so hypocritical. Yep. People that talk about hypocrisy are often the most hypocritical. Right. And often are at a place where they they don't like that about themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's almost like it's that projection yeah. of you know i hate this about me so i'm gonna really hate it about everybody else because it's gonna remind me how much i hate it about me right and yeah. the whole point again of of these mechanisms is to get out of that discomfort space right so, so you, you know put it on someone else instead right of you. so absolutely we're gonna focus on your issues not mine because i don't have those issues it's okay um and then this is a new one too that i had not realized introjection which is um, identifying an idea or uh, an object, a behavior, an attribute of somebody else, and then adopting it yeah. to a great extent. So, like, um, you know, your one of your parents or your best friend has a has a political view, and you become that political view. Yeah. Um, and that's again, that's a safety mechanism just to try to make sure that you're not being, you know, you're not going to be yelled at at that point. 
Right. You know, it's it's a thing you're, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. And loved, and, and you're looking for that acceptance piece. Right. So there's an emotional piece to that as opposed to the person that is in the south of the U.S. and all of a sudden they start speaking with a twang because everybody else around them speaks with a twang. Right. That's not what we're talking no, about. No, not at all. We're talking about emotionally doing this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Either for fear of safety or for fear of, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, you see a lot of this in religion. Yep. You know, if I don't believe this, I won't be loved. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Um, idealization, um, and that's exaggerating the positive attributes possessed by oneself or another person. It could be either way. Yeah. Um, as a defense mechanism, it's perceives we perceive the individual as possessing things that we really want. Yeah. You know. Um, or uh, for ourselves, it's, it's oh, these are things, whether they exist or not, we see in ourselves. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm such a good person because blah, blah, blah. Um, somatization. I can't even pronounce this one. Somatization. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, right there. Um, and that's to do with the somatic somatic responses. So it's transforming negative feelings felt towards others into pain, illness, anxiety, or a negative feeling about oneself. Yeah, and somatic is pseudo. Yeah. Pain. Yeah. Basically, that's what you're saying is somatic. It's something that you've created. Yeah. Through your thoughts. Yeah. Um, passive aggression. <laughs> we all love that one. Yeah. Um, that one doesn't necessarily need any, uh, um, any, any, you know, yeah. explanation. However, I do find it interesting that um, there's this person that I know. And uh, their mother is very passive aggressive. And believe it or not, this is not me. And because um, uh, my mother can be as well. But we were talking about it and I had we had had an interaction where I had inadvertently been passive aggressive. Like I didn't really mean yeah. to be. That was not my my thought pattern. And so they were talking to me about it. And then since then, I have noticed this person passive aggressive tendencies on a regular yeah. basis. You know, and I'm like. Yeah. Well, pot meat kettle, hello, you know. Um, so it's it's interesting having watched them take that on. Um, I have been passive aggressive. I can be passive aggressive, but it's usually a very conscious act. Yeah. You know, for me. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like an aggressive aggressive. Um, so that's it for for that one for that that list. And then there's the neuro neurotic defense mechanisms, and these are more where I find myself. So reaction formation is the first one, and the reaction formation is a process of converting a thought or feeling or behavior into its opposite. Okay. So when something is not okay, like they're going to do something, somebody makes a decision without me and says, oh, is that okay with you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though it's not at all. Right. You know, so that's that's part of that. that like everybody's decided now it's all on you. Yeah. Right, right. We, we just figured you could do this because, you know, yeah. um, you, you, you like doing it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. No, no, I don't, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so that's a reaction formation. I mean, that can be, you know, um, that can be done with bunches and bunches of different things. Disassociation. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty common one for yeah, most of us. Yeah, a lot about that. Yeah. Um, and regression. And I, you know, a lot of times we see regression in children. It's a lot easier to see in children. Yeah. Um, for me, regression usually tends to be when I am in an uncomfortable position 
or an uncomfortable space while growing, yeah, I will regress back to, and I'll notice it sometimes, hopefully sooner rather than later, but um, I will regress to an earlier set of unhealthy coping mechanisms. Yeah. Yeah, that's that yo-yo. Yeah. That people get into in growth where um, oftentimes when they do that regression, that's where they give up. Yeah. And then they end up further behind than they were when they started. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so repression, repression is, you know, without conscious awareness, basically moves un, uncontrollable and unacceptable feelings to an unconscious part of their brain. So it's not yeah. quite denial because denial is no. much more yeah. conscious. Yeah. Um, repression is just like, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Exactly. You don't, you it's don't gone. know it's there. Until it happens again. Right. And then it's all right there again. Exactly. Yeah. Or yeah. things start to suddenly surface, you know, for other reasons as you're doing the work and whatnot. Um, displacement. So displacement is, um, so repression is definitely something that I do. Displacement is, um, the repression of socially unacceptable feelings. Um, for example, a mother who yells at a child, um, because of difficulty at work so okay. you so in the moment it's unacceptable so you swallow it so your boss gives you crap you want to be yelling at your boss and you just don't and then you take it out when your kid you know right spills the milk exactly yeah you know yeah. um yeah. undoing um this is a new one for me too undoing nullifies or takes back a shameful thought or action to protect the ego from guilt so when you're re-accepting your shame because Otherwise, you'll feel guilty about it, you know, when you're taking so back So when you're that. doing it to avoid guilty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So like yeah. over-apologetic people. Yeah. That tends to be the undoing. Right, the ones that never mean it. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'm so sorry I did that. Oh, I'm so sorry I cut you yeah. off. I'm so sorry. Three minutes later, they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, isolation and intellectualization. So the intellectualization is definitely in me. <laughs> I don't want to deal with emotions. Do you want to deal with emotions? We don't want to deal with emotions. <laughs> I mean, really, seriously. What you, I can tell you what happened. Right. I can't tell you what I'm supposed to feel. Right. So believe it or not, when I when I talk to my mother and I say all these things, but she's very intelligent, that's an intellectualization. Oh, okay. For me. Oh. Because by saying, oh, but she's very intelligent, I, I have now just taken it from... She made me feel so bad. Yeah. So I was like, but she's very intelligent. So the, the, that's the plus side. So I'm okay now. Right, right. You know what I mean? Okay. So, like, it's an intellectualization piece. Um, but a lot of things that I've gone through, that's that's really... Intellectualization is that avoidance of emotions. Well, and it's funny because it, whenever I hear you say that about your mom, mm -hmm. I always think of this exact thing. Yeah. Like, your mom is not super intelligent. She's insanely intellectual. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what that is. Rationalization um, is one of them, and um, that one for me can be a whole subject unto its own. Right. Um, but rationalization is like making excuses. Um, so for me, it was you know something that that I would constantly get hit with as a child, and people who who go through very emotionally trauma traumatic experiences as children will oftentimes have to rationalize their behavior. Yeah. To their to to their 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 adults in charge, you know. Yeah. And so that just becomes an excuse, excuse, excuse. One that of the makes sense. yeah, and, and you know it. 
it then becomes so rooted in us that we don't even notice it half the time. Right. Um, compensation is just what it sounds like. You know, somebody goes like, oh, well, you made a mistake. Yeah, but I'm good at this. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it, it can be so outrageous where you're like, oh, well, you didn't connect this bolt on correctly. Yeah, but I'm really good at painting. You know, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, yeah you yeah. know, if you'd have just asked me to do the painting thing, I'd have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. You know, and, and I, I may or may not have done that a few times, a lot, <laughs> you know. Um, so that's that. Um, and so those are the negative ones. Those are the ones that, you know, yeah. um, really cause issues uh, that continue to perpetuate um, problems in our life, either not hitting our potential or, you know, um, not being happy, truthfully. Yeah. Those are a lot of those ones that stand in our way of the, inti- barriers. the barriers, the intimate yeah. relationships, the, the, the interpersonal skills that we could have. So those are the, those are the negative, um, the negative ones. And, you know, it's been good for me to actually kind of be able to see which ones and really delve into which ones that I, I play on a regular basis right. and which ones I have played. Well, this is a very comprehensive list. It I mean, is. This is a really good list. Um, I liked it. And that's why I, I like after I made my notes, I really I was looking at this. and I was like, oh, wow, this is right here. Is it something you can put up on the page? It is. So um, it is from uh, yourbrainhealth.com. And uh, it's one of the the... I just recently found this website and yeah. they have a lot of stuff, ADHD, trauma, so on and so forth. So yeah, post um, it. yeah post so definitely going to post this on the site. Um, and then, you know, we will come back at some point in time and I definitely want to talk about the positive ones because there are positive mechanisms as well. Yeah, positive defense, defense mechanisms. Yeah. I think yeah. those are good because it's important that people see both. Yeah, absolutely. And we do need to defend ourselves from people that don't respect our boundaries. Yeah. And the world around us and and that cognitive dissonance you know it is okay to just sometimes just say listen i i need to step out of this right now yeah i can't deal with it now so that's where those those positive ones really come into play to to give us the time to work through nice well i look forward to talking about absolutely all right i hope you enjoyed the show today remember you can always reach out to us through our facebook page at stumbling through enlightenment follow us on twitter at stumbling t-h-r-o-u-2 go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally that is stumbling through enlightenment.squarespace.com you can also reach out to us directly at stumblingthroughenlightenment at gmail.com. That's it for today. Have a great week.